What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, bringing to you the Fantasy Forwards Ranking List. Noah, we put a little bit of sweat into this bad boy. Uh, this one, unlike that last two, Colin, this one was a uh, collective effort. We both made our separate lists, came together, and made one collective list, and it's looking like a pretty good list here, Colin. Honestly, like I don't know if I want to put this out because whoever listens to this is going to win their fantasy season. And, you know, our competitors obviously listen to this. The people in our league, they're, they're going to steal everything that we know. <laughs> All this time and effort that we spend on the internet, on Reddit, on NBA reference, on these weird fucking blogs I go on to curate these lists and they're just picking apart my brain noah picking it picking it apart <laughs> i know schultz is listening but it won't even matter because of auto draft yeah schultz is just looking for the guys who aren't vaccinated and he's like kyrie irving one one baby <laughs> kyrie irving and michael porter jr gonna be leading schultz's <laughs> yeah Schultz already, the blue lives. Schultz already queued up LiAngelo Ball as his first pick. <laughs> uh, he's going to steal the balls from you. No. Noah wants to name his team LaVar's Balls. If I can't name my team LaVar's Balls and I can't get Lonzo Momello, I'm naming my team Granny Danger. All right, real real quick, like, the three other guys that round out, like, LaVar's Balls, who in the NBA replicates the real ballness that that sweaty ball atmosphere that the ball family creates like who would you add to that team to kind of round it out you can't say Leangelo because I don't think he's in the NBA I think Kelly Oubre's on there um, yeah Kelly Oubre has some sweaty balls oh <laughs> that's for sure those eyes baby you look in those eyes and those balls are sweaty not his but yours yes my balls are always sweaty yeah, it's actually a medical problem. I've been trying to look into. I got it. long ball syndrome. I sit on them all long the time. Long ball syndrome. <laughs> That's just painful. That's not even an asset at that point. You know, girls think giving birth is the most painful thing they'll ever experience. Just wait till you sit on one of your testicles. Just wait until you text a girl, "Hey," and then you just get like red. Most painful thing in the world <laughs> to me. That happens to you a lot, I've been, I imagine. Yeah, that happens, like, always. I actually haven't had a girl respond, ever. Oh, yeah? So, no, that's not true. I get, like, these automated texts from this girl from uh, college asking me to be political, so. So I got that going for me. <laughs> I respond. So, I, nice. I'm fighting for some really good causes. What a gentleman. Yeah, well, you know, there's not very much of us out there these days, Noah, and I am proud of that. Me and my fedora. John Gruden. <laughs> yeah, John, yeah, John Gruden did a, a, a real tough one for us gentlemen the other day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he was one of our best, too, so. <laughs> he was a general. I don't know what that RB. says about Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, he was the gentleman, too. Gentlemen, mm. 
Let's talk basketball. That's enough. That's enough <laughs> horsing around there, pal. Uh, we got jokes this season, Noah. That, that's my we, goal. Oh, we got plenty that's of jokes. That's my goal. Yeah. I want more jokes. I don't give a shit about basketball. This is just stand-up comedy hour, and Noah's going to give you some basketball stats. <laughs> what's the deal with this hey. airline food? Uh, what's the deal with this Giannis uh, guy? He can't even say his name right. It's like uh, alphabet soup. It's Greek soup. <laughs> if I put a gun to your head, Con, could you spell Giannis's name last name right? Uh, because I'm looking at it? Maybe. No, I I can't. I go on Sporacle all the time and do those, like, quizzes because I just love trivia. And if a quiz doesn't let me just type in Giannis, because, like, you have to type the last name for most of the guys, but some of them will just, like, let you type Giannis. And if I type Giannis and it doesn't count in, I just exit the quiz because I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm not getting, I'm not Dude, getting I, points for a thing that I know. <laughs> I did a Sporacle quiz today, and it was, like, the top uh, 25 most followed people in the U.S. on Instagram. Hold on, let Dwayne. me go. Uh, Selena Gomez, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Kim Kardashian, Ariana Grande. Nope, it's a male. Is it Justin Bieber? No. Obama? No. Michelle Obama? No. Okay, you said male, so that was tricky. I, You know? You, you it's let Dwayne me The Rock there. Johnson, baby. Oh, it's 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 The Rock. Yeah, he's the Man. most followed person in the U.S. What does he What does he post? Just like thirst traps. <laughs> it's just like him working out, and I'll be like, "Get your ass out of bed." Oh, he's got the grind set. Yeah, he's you didn't grinding. tell me he had the grind set. He's invested in Shaq. Jeez. Don't you worry. Oh my God, I didn't even. That's embarrassing for me to not know that. Holy crap, 274 million followers. 60 people I know follow him? Why? Who's following Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Uh, Everybody, I guess. All right, you know what Dwayne The Rock Johnson doesn't have on his Instagram? And that's his fantasy forwards list. So (laughs) let's, let's start there. And Noah, I said before we started, I don't even want to talk about these two guys. We, we know where we stand on them. Yep. It's consensus, not just between you and I. It's consensus all around. One, two's Giannis KD. Yes. Do you want to talk about it? No. All right, good. It was a trick question. So, had you said yes, we have very I would have found a new time podcast management partner. skills, Colin. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And I don't think I people don't want to hear about. us just talk about Giannis and KD and how good they are because you already know that, listener. You yeah you you're not an idiot you're listening to the like the Albert Einstein of fantasy basketball podcasts. I quit my job so that I could just watch film for fantasy. I've got a hundred twenty dollars on the table if I win the league, so it's absolutely cool. worth it. That'll cover rent for the year. <laughs> oh, it'll cover rent for a couple of days. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. All right, let's get serious now. Number three, Noah, we went with LeBron. And what I will point out that's interesting is I hate LeBron, and I actually had LeBron higher on my list than you did. Yeah. But, you know, the Bucks are playing right now, Noah, and I was listening to the Fantasy Footballer cast, which is a great podcast 
for fantasy football, and they had Tom Brady pretty high on their quarterbacks list. And the rationale basically went is this. Everybody wants to keep saying this is the year Tom Brady's going to fall off. This is the year he's going to get injured. And for like six years, it hasn't happened. So until that happens, I'm just going to go with he's really goddamn good and deserves to be drafted like such. And that was kind of my mentality with LeBron. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't argue that, Con. The man only played 45 games last year, and I think in all respects, Con, it was technically a down year for LeBron, and he still put up 25-8-8. Mm-hmm. Eight and eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know what to make of that Lakers team. Like, I, They're going to be good. It, it's just a matter of how good. Um, but I'm not too concerned with Russell Westbrook taking away from what LeBron does. I, I think Russ is going to conform more to LeBron's play style than LeBron to Russ. So with that mm-hmm. said, LeBron number three. Yep. Now, this next guy, Noah, you you're pretty you're pretty amped about, and you're positive he deserves to be ranked at number four. Why don't you let us know why AD is fourth on the forwards list? Uh, to me, Colin, I had Anthony Davis as my third highest forward this year. Um, in my opinion, I think he should be the first Laker taken. Um, and this is I, I saw a Reddit post that really convinced me on this today, Colin. And it's it's by the next six. He is a member of the Fantasy B-Ball subreddit, so thank you for your service, sir. And Anthony Davis's average draft position so far, Colin, um, and this is taken from mock draft data, um, on Yahoo it's 11, on ESPN it's 18, and on CBS it's 8. So that comes out to an average of 13. And I get what? the qualms about AD, Colin. Um, you know, he's always out. He's never healthy, blah, 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 blah. And I get that. Last year his rank in total value was 135th, Colin, but the four years before he finished second, eighth, first third and i (laughs) this is a really good reddit post con but i i've been preaching this the whole the whole offseason con i think the effect that westbrook is going to have on ad on the offensive end is going to be very noticeable um schroeder was an awful fit chemistry wise con and him and ad really just never got in sync um all season con the only AD and Schroeder only linked up for one alley-oop the entire season last year, Colin. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Russell Westbrook. Oh, my God. No wonder he makes $5 million. (laughs) Russell Westbrook, who had Daniel Gafford as his center, received 10 lobs in both less minutes and less games. Um, Well, I'm going to stop you there. You mean Daniel Goatford, right? Yeah. Yeah, all right, all right, I'll continue. <laughs> Schroeder's career high of 6.3 assists last year, Con, would rank as Westbrook's third worst of his career. Russ hasn't had an assist season that bad in the last decade. Um, in terms of passers, they're just not even in the same galaxy, Con, And they also have Rondo coming off the bench, which I think gives... Anthony Davis may be the best passing duo he's ever had in his career. Um, AD finished last year, Con, with a career low in field goal percentage and assisted buckets and shots at the rim. Last year. That's just not going to happen again, Con. I- I'll tell you that right now. 
Russ is going to have a noticeable effect on AD's offensive game. Um, that's not really the argument here, Colin. Everyone knows AD is good, but the, the real argument yeah. is where should you draft Anthony Davis? Um, to me, Colin, the top five is pretty set in. I think the top five should go Jokic, Giannis, Harden, Curry, Luka in some order. I don't care the order, but I think yeah. that's the top five. And I I want to make an argument here, Colin, that Anthony Davis should not be escaping the first round of your draft. Um, really, I don't think I I want to say that, Colin. I want to I want to be firm on that argument. But I'm thinking if I had the if I had to pick anywhere from the six to twelve range, I don't know if I'm taking AD. But that's just me as a fantasy basketball player, and I tend to play things a little safer. Um, because mm-hmm. I know I'm just better than a lot of you at fantasy basketball. Sorry. Well, um, not than me. So. Well, I am better than you because I finished higher than you. Mm, last that's not true. Well, leagues. but I have more wins than you do. So. Um, I have more fantasy. So wins. I want to say that Anthony Davis should be going anywhere, Colin. I don't think he should be getting towards the end of the second round. I think anywhere to the early to mid second round is absolute crushing value to take Anthony Davis this year, and I'm I'm really high on him. Interesting. So then where is Tatum's ADP compared to AD? Because I have to imagine people feel like Tatum is the safer pick. We have Tatum at R5 on the forwards list, which you definitely talked me into and I like. I think Tatum is, you know, I, I, do we call him a superstar yet? Is he there? I, I don't think I'm ready to call him a superstar, but I think after this season, he should be. Yeah, so Anthony Davis's ADP con over those three different fantasy basketball services mm-hmm. was 13. Tatum's is 11. Okay, okay. I, I think that's fair. I think I like having AD higher because I think you're right. Like I don't think there's any chance Tatum finishes in the top five for fantasy players this year. I mean, there's a chance. There's always a chance. But I think AD's chance... Like, his probability of finishing in the top five is much higher than Tatum's. And for that, I like our ranking of 84, Tatum 5. Yeah, so do I. Um, I really like Tatum this year, too, Colin. Um, that's not just because I really like the Celtics as a team, too, but last year, Tatum, we saw he put up 26, 7, and 4, Colin. And it feels like Tatum's just been steadily getting better each year that he's been in the league, Colin. And I don't think it's yeah. – I don't think he's – I don't think he's plateaued yet. I think he's just going to keep getting better until one day we're like, holy shit, this guy's a 30-point-per-game scorer. Yeah, yeah, I I totally hear that. I think that his versatility on the offensive end is only going to grow. I mean, obviously, we've seen his ability to to attack the rim. I think the outside shot, something we see naturally come along with players like him. Uh, I don't know if I like the situation in Boston as much this year for him. I question Schroeder, the new head coach. Uh, you know, I, I think there's some question marks there Can I rebuttal for the that? team. No, you can't. Uh, I think last year, compared to how they're coming in this year, Con was last year was straight up tumultuous. Um, the reason I think the Celtics did not have as good of a season last year as they did, Con, was Kimba was missing time. Kimba wasn't really himself. As we saw, Brad Stevens wasn't really a fan of Kimba. Um, as we saw when yeah. right when he became general manager, he traded his ass. And that led to Marcus Smart having to have the ball in his hands, being the creator for that team a lot of the time, Con. And I'm not that big of a fan of Schroeder, Con, but 
being able to move Marcus Smart from on ball to off ball, I think helps the team overall. Um, I think Marcus Smart is a really good off ball player, both in setting picks, cutting, doing whatever. And I think Schroeder is passable enough to fucking just bounce pass it to Tatum's ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. I, I And I don't love the argument that like there's statistical ceilings for some of these guys, because a guy like Tatum, like he's their number one option. Like he can do whatever he wants. Like if he wants to go out and average thirty, I don't think anybody in the Celtics is going to stop him. So then let's move on to six and seven, and I think this kind of wraps up uh, my like if if we call Giannis and KD SS tier, this being the S tier, and then everybody else after this is the A tier. And then it's Julius Randle and Dominata Sabonis. I like Julius Randle a lot. And I will tell Jesus. you. All right, whatever, asshole. I will tell you this. Julius Randle plays on a team that is a regular season team. I've watched this with Tom Thibodeau in the past. He is going to play guys minutes, and he's not going to rest guys. The Knicks get Kemba. I, I think that helps improve the situation. But Julius Randle, if he doesn't get 24-10 and 10 this year, Noah, I will allow you to punch me as hard as you can right in the gut. Just a big, big <laughs> right hook. <sighs> right in deal. there, baby. Deal. So, um. it, to me, like, that's... You, like that floor is just too good to not have him in this tier. We watched what he did last year. I think the Knicks are, are only going. Uh, I'm not gonna say the Knicks as a whole are only going to get better, but they're only going to play harder into this potential that I think they have. I don't know. I, I'm just kind of rambling a bit now. Julius Randle's fantasy value has an incredibly high floor that puts him in this tier with these guys. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm a firm believer in Julius Randle, Colin. Uh, when you're looking at the Julius Randle versus Sabonis argument, Colin, um, I think Sabonis is for the safer fantasy basketball player. Um, Sabonis is getting you an easy 2010 every game. Um, last year, he had career highs in both points per game at 20.3, assist, point, assist per game at 6.7, Colin, Colin, putting him second behind all centers, even though we're not talking about centers. But yeah. it's for the stake of the set. Putting him second behind all centers, only do that average more assists than him was Jokic. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think you'll be splitting hairs over taking Sabonis or Julius Randle over each other. I think they're both going to have fantastic years. I just think Sabonis is a safer option, which led me to having Julius Randle ranked higher, Colin. Interesting. I like it. I like it. Alrighty, so then let's move on to this A tier. Noah, I'm going to make you talk about this guy because you had him at sixth on your list. Yeah, yeah, and that is Mr. Jimmy Butler, Colin. Um, I don't even fucking like this guy. <laughs> like, I, I really don't him. like I really don't like Jimmy Butler, Colin. I think he's the most overrated superstar in the league. But with that being but. said, this dude put up 21-7-7 last year, Con. Like, the stats don't lie. This guy is a good fantasy contributor, Con. Um, I I don't know how the Kyle... I, I can't tell you how Kyle Lowry factors into that Heat team, Con, until I see them play, really. 
But do you see his stats like changing any from the acquisition of Kyle Lowry? No. Maybe the scoring goes down a little, but I don't see Kyle Lowry scoring as much on this team. Yeah. It's an interesting team. I'm interested to see where they go, but Jimmy Butler has kind of established himself in that role that he has. Like, he is their primary scorer. That's not going anywhere. The assists maybe dip. Like, if one thing was going to dip, like, more severely, it would be the assists. Because last year you had kind of like a Dragic, like, uh, oh, God, what was it? Kendrick Nunn running the point. And that's definitely a more inconsistent pattern where Butler was able to bring the ball up a little bit more. I think we see less of that this year. So assists could come down, points, rebounds. I mean, the dude just, like, he plays his fucking ass off. I don't think there's anything else to say. Yeah, like, it's I mean, kind of like a Julius Randle situation. He averaged two point one steals last year, Colin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If this is categories, like I think we could justify like a six ranking. Yeah. All right, Noah, number nine, Michael Porter Jr. Fresh off the inked five-year, one hundred seventy-six million dollar contract, definitely putting the. Uh, the Nuggets in cap space hell. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. No, you, you said this to me before the podcast started. Post-All-Star break, when Jamal Murray goes down, we don't know exactly when we're going to see Jamal Murray again. Michael Porter Jr. averaged 23 points, 8 boards, 4 assists. He did this on insane clips. He was shooting 44% from three. (laughs) That's disgusting. I don't know how you can tell me this guy doesn't belong here. I I can't. I can't, Colin. Good. Um, Yeah, Michael Porter Jr., Colin. I... I I believe in this guy, Colin. It's just... Can he do it for the entire season, Colin? Do you think he can put up 23-8 for the entire season? Because the Nuggets, the Nuggets really that. only go as far as how well he plays. Because we know Jokic is coming with it every night. Yeah. I don't see why not. Like, that's... Until he shows me he can't do it or he doesn't shoot like that. I know guys go through slumps and guys can get hot, guys can get cold. Maybe he doesn't shoot 44% from three this year. But if he's a 40% three-point shooter this year, he's going to get more ISO situations. I mean, the way that Jokic runs that offense, I think bodes very well for Michael Porter Jr. I think you look at how that Nuggets team is assembled. I don't see Aaron Gordon taking a step up this year. I think... We really see him take a step back. I think Michael Porter Jr. is versatile enough, and the way that Jokic plays the center, I think allows for those rebounds to be pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Colin. I I really like Michael Porter Jr. here, and I think there's a chance that... I think there's a good chance that Michael Porter Jr. can put up damn near Jason Tatum-like numbers this year. Yeah. Um, for sure. 
so this these next four guys, Colin, 10 through 13 here, we're looking at Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, Chris Middleton, and Tobias Harris. Um, all relatively kind of put up the same stats, Colin. They're all scoring between 21 and 24 points, mm-hmm. and they're all putting something up around like five rebounds. Um, who do you like the most here, Colin? I think the highest potential is Tobias Harris. I think we can probably both agree on that just based on this Ben Simmons situation. I know he's reported to camp. It it sounds like it's a situation where he's going to play so that he can get traded because his value is that of a cockroach right now. So Tobias should have the most room for growth. Um, But with that said, I I don't think Tobias' abilities are going to grow any. I think it's just a matter of situation. I like Brandon Ingram as the guy with the most growth potential here, for sure. I mean, we're going to see how he does without Zion in that offense for at least two weeks. You know, we'll get to Zion because, you know, the news broke today that he's out for two weeks. And then it's, you know, no real timetable. So we could see Brandon Ingram Pelicans for a month. And that's some very good fantasy value right there. I mean, we're looking at a guy who I, I believe could be an... Uh, no, I, I don't know if I believe he could be a number one option. I think he has the skill set to be a number one option. Let's see it play out. Yeah, I I agree with you. But Brandon Ingram could be looking for a monster month here, Colin, with, depending on how long Zion yeah. misses out with. This is a guy that averaged 24 points last season, Colin. That's nothing to laugh. That's nothing to scoff over. Um, I I do like the Tobias factor without Ben Simmons, Colin. Mm-hmm. But um, personally, I'm not that big of a Tobias fan. I think out of these four players, Colin, he might be the most inconsistent on a game to game basis. Um, Absolutely. I think Tobias Harris should have caught a lot more flack for what happened to the Sixers in the playoffs. And I think he's kind of lucky what happened with Ben Simmons because I think a lot of people would be also be pointing fingers at Tobias if Ben Simmons didn't yeah, have as bad of a playoff performance yeah. as he did. Um, yeah, no, because Tobias was, I'm not going to say equally as bad because I, I think it's much easier to like notice what Ben Simmons did. Mm-hmm. But Tobias missed so many shots down the stretch. Ben Simmons just wasn't yes. taking them. <laughs> Tobias was taking them and missing them. So, yeah, so the I, thing, I don't know who you want to The thing for that. that, Colin, is Ben Simmons' list of duties on the basketball court, Colin, in order, goes defense, playmaking, scoring. Tobias Harris's list of offensive or er, duties on the court, it's just scoring. The guy doesn't have to do anything else. It's just scoring. And he couldn't really do that last yeah. year for the Sixers. Yeah. Um, there's no I reason think he's a solid player though. There's no reason Tobias Harris shouldn't be averaging 22 a game. He averaged Absolutely. 19. I think 8. he should be higher. Yeah. I truly think he should be higher. But fantasy-wise, uh, I think he he falls into that 13 spot really nicely. Okay. Zion Williamson. This is a guy that when I made my list, I had him at 7. We drop him to 14. That's... Oh, I have Tobias on here twice. I'm a moron. Um, we drop him to 14 
because he's he's gonna miss some significant time. Noah, give me the Zion analysis without him missing time. Like, without, like where where did you look at him, and now where do we see him? Without him missing time, Con, we're looking at a guy who put up twenty seven and seven last year. Um, if Zion wasn't missing time, Con, um, personally, I would have him probably above both Julius Randle and DeMontis Sabonis, strictly because the ceiling of Zion is just unknown at this point, Con. This guy can put up 27 points while also shooting 65% from the field. Um, yeah. I absolutely love Zion. I love him as a player, as a fantasy player. But that month, the potential of Zion missing two weeks or more, um, that does have to knock him down, Con. Um, especially because it's yeah, so vague. Can. They're so vague on the injury. Um, it's a foot fracture. That doesn't sound good for Zion. The dude's an absolute unit. He's landing on that foot all the time. Um, where where, where do you think he should be going, Con, in the draft now? I think the way you have to look at the draft process, if he's available and come the fourth round and you're confident that he can make a full return within four to six weeks, you take him in the fourth round. What you don't want to happen is you could draft a guy in the fourth round. Say you draft R.J. Barrett in the fourth round, and R.J. Barrett goes for 22-8-4 this year. That's arguably matching the, the production of what Zion could do. Probably not. Maybe a little bit less. But you're competitive those first six to eight weeks of fantasy. What you don't want to happen, and I think it's weird because in the NFL it's very clearly laid out. This is week one. This is week two. And you think of it structurally like that. But because the NBA season is so fluid and games are kind of happening all the time and there's not really like a, this is the NBA day. Now it's the off day. This is the NBA day. It's easier in your head to rationalize, oh, you know, we've got three more months of this. Let me take it down the line so I can win then, so that I can win come playoffs. NBA injuries, to me, never seem to go quicker than the initial timetable. So them saying four to six weeks, to me, means we might not see him until January 1st. And that's huge. That's half the fantasy season right there. And your season I could don't be completely think, sunk yeah. by then. Yeah. And I don't think that Zion's ceiling, like what he like if he just comes back and is phenomenal, can compensate for twelve weeks of the fantasy season. I mean, it at the range at where I project he gets taken, I think there's just so much other value there and Guys with not the similar upside, but enough upside that it's way more valuable to take those guys than it is Zion. Yeah, I I agree with that, Colin. I'm I'm not gonna take a guy that I think is gonna miss even the first month of the season. Really, um, I just I just don't believe in that. Um, I yeah. do think if you can wherever Zion falls, Colin. He is probably going to outplay wherever he gets drafted, but it just depends on how high he could go. Like, say you drafted him in the fourth, 
and he played like a second round pick. Um, I I don't know if that's even worth it still, Colin, because no. calculating the amount of time he missed and the and the other players that you could be grabbing at that time. Yeah, yeah, because I think there's I think we traditionally see once you get to like the fiftieth spot in fantasy it becomes much less certain. Like, at the 45 spot, I could see you getting a guy like Gordon Hayward, you know? A guy who pretty consistently, I think, is going to average 16, 5, and 5. There's a lot of value in that that isn't directly appealing. And then the last thing I want to add, Noah, in I understand situations are different, but we saw the Pelicans, Zion's rookie year, willing to hold him out for much, much longer than he felt necessary so that he was healthy. The Pelicans understand that Zion is the root of their franchise. If they want to be competitive going forward, you need Zion to have a long career. Risking it this year when your team's kind of bleh, you kind of fucked up some trades. The draft didn't go great for you. Why risk it all to bring him back early to catch the play-in tournament, get the seventh seed, when that's not where your franchise is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Colin. Uh, if things don't go good for the Pelicans in this first month, Colin, I, I think that they should tank. Well, Might as well get another high pick protect Zion yeah um yeah it's not worth it to me for them to rush him back to make the plan to get clobbered by the Lakers in the first round yeah yeah like but why I'm wishing Zion a but, speedy recovery yeah. if he makes it back Colin if he only misses two weeks really and say he's back in the third week of the season and you draft him in the fourth round you're about to get like yeah, a first your round money. pick worth of production yeah, no, your money, your money, you're so. But personally, clean. I will not be drafting yeah. this guy. And then that's where I'm at with this too. All right, uh, next guy on this list, uh, I'll go quickly with him. It's John Collins. I mean, he got the bag. He's on a Hawks team that's coming off a real nice season. Uh, he put up numbers that were solid. You know, he went pretty darn high in drafts last year, and regressed pretty heavily. Noah, in 2020. In 41 games, albeit, he put up 21.5 points, 10 boards, 1.5 blocks, shooting 58 from the field. This last year, with the introduction of Clint Capella for the first time, second time, they, they caught Clint Capella halfway through the 2020 season. I think John Collins was shut down at that point. With Clint Capella in the mix, he's averaging 17.5, 7.5 boards, 1 block, shooting 55 from the field. That's a little concerning to me. I don't see the numbers dipping more than that, but I don't necessarily see them going back up either. And so it's a tricky one because that Hawks team, I think, is only going to rely on Trey Young even more going forward. I think the mix of Clint Capella in that team takes away a lot of the upside of John Collins. And if we look to it, in the playoffs, he averaged 14 Eight and a half. Blocks were like half a block a game. Similar field goal shooting. When it comes down to it, I just don't think that they view John Collins 
as a guy that needs to put up stats. I think he's more of uh, – he's not a role player, but he's not somebody that they look at as a potential all-star. <laughs> he's their third best player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I think it's a nice floor, but I don't think it's anything more than that. Yeah, uh, you look at the guys above him, Con, and fees. I there's no way that he could. I don't no. see him being able to put up as many points as the guys like Tobias, Chris Middleton, Jalen Brown, and he mm-hmm. can't put up as many rebounds as uh, Demontis Sabonis or Julius Randle because Clint Capella is just gobbling everything up. Ooh. So then, so then live with it, no, do we have John Collins too high? Because I'm looking at the next guy on this list, Pascal Siakam. In 56 games last year, I know that, you know, uh, Mr. Spin Move spins too much, Mr. Cyclone himself, it caught a lot of flack, meme-wise, but he put up 21.5, 7 boards, 4.5 assists, a steal a game, shooting 45 from the field. I mean, 10% is a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in, those numbers, in all things considered, Kong, people's... People, the notion was that Pascal Siakam had a bad season last year too. Yeah, I don't want to know what a good season looks out of this guy if he just yeah. on a bad season he put up twenty one seven and four. Um, I think the Raptors, when Pascal is healthy, con and we're banking on him being healthy, looking like the player he did um, two years before, he is the Raptors' mm-hmm. best player. He is their go to guy, and. Realistically, I could see him putting up twenty-two, seven, and six on a Raptors team who mm-hmm. is in need of a guy to step up without Kyle Lowry now, Colin. Yeah, and I know we both think that Fred Van Fleet is going to take the bigger step up, but yeah, I agree. I agree. Fred Van Vliet and Siakam, I think, are both in for big, big seasons. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, so then Noah, oh, I, I couldn't talk about him because it was just going to be way too biased, but we have DeMar DeRozan at 17. I am thinking that, that John Collins might be too high on this list. I, I just, uh, that, that notion is just there in my head now. All right, but DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, so DeMar Collins, last season we saw him put up uh, 21, 6, 21, 4 rebounds and 7 assists. Um, the assists, I don't think they're there, Colin. I think they're taking a step down simply because you don't. Demar had to set up the offense for that Spurs team because he mm-hmm. was their offense. He's not the offense on the Bulls, Colin. Realistically, he's their third op- scoring option. Um, I think you would want both Levine and Vooch shooting in like an end of game situation before you wanted Demar. Um, the assists are going down because he's not gonna have to set people up. People are gonna be setting him up this year, Colin. But I, mm. I want to ask you, do you think the points are dropping? Do you think they're staying right around the same? What do you what do you think? Where do you think his production's going? So th- this is what I'll say. He has scored twenty points a game for the last eight years. Like that's not something that it just goes away. The ability <laughs> to do so at least. It's so methodical too. He just gets like six, six a quarter. And like and six quarters so yeah. realistic too. And so I think that the way that Vooch scores is so specific that I don't think that he... I think DeRozan will take more shots than Vooch this year. I really do. Um, Just because we're not setting the offense 
up for Vooch. We're setting it up for Levine, and we'll run some Vooch plays. But I think I actually project that Vooch takes it more of a backseat than Demar in the scoring offense. That's at least the way that I kind of project it to be. I think that Demar is going to have the ball in his hands a lot more, and Vooch is going to be more of an opportunity scorer, less of a post-up guy. That's the way that I see it at the very least. Mm-hmm. I think Vooch is going to get so many buckets called strictly because of the amount of gravity that DeMar and Zach Levine will demand on the court. Right. Right. Totally So, agreed. So at the end of the year, you, you, you see DeMar DeRozan as the second highest points per game on the Bulls still, right? Yeah. I, because I think if as I, long as that's yeah. true, then he's, he's I think he's perfect right where he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he should have been in the All-Star game last year. I very much contest that. Mm-hmm. I believe that, yeah. I know uh, I said I that know on this podcast. That, yeah. Eh, he deserved it. At the All-Star break, he definitely deserved it. Okay, Jeremy Grant. I would have put him uh, there. Jeremy Fox. Grant. Uh, 25-6. The Spurs were a playoff team. The Spurs were a playoff team. 22-7. Uh, and I would have put him in Marvin Bagley. Well, obviously. I mean, Marvin Bagley's the GOAT. I love the Kings. Luke Walton is such a good head coach. Can we just, like, oh, he's Yeah, so he's totally not going to be the first head coach fired this year. Don't worry. He's definitely going to be the first head coach fired. All right, Jeremy Grant and Gordon Hayward round out uh, what we are calling the A tier. Noah, just give me a, a couple quick notes on those guys. Um, Jeremy Grant, Colin, he was a guy that the Pistons shut down early, um, mainly because the Pistons were fucking trying to get that first pick, trying to get Cade, baby. But um, statistically, he still had a fantastic season, Con. He put up 22, 5, and 4. Um, if he can even... I just don't know where the Cade effect plays into that, Con. Um, mm-hmm. If anything, we could see him putting up the same numbers with better efficiencies because Cade is drawing more attention. Jeremy Grant was really the only shot creator on that Pistons team last year. So... Uh, Mm-hmm. I'm not any colder on Jeremy Grant than I was last year, Colin. I think he's in for a better year. I don't know statistically, but at least efficiency-wise, I think he will be having a better year, maybe on less shots per game. And Gordon Hayward, Colin, um, I said this to you earlier. Last year, it felt like Gordon Hayward, like the Hornets were Gordon Hayward's team because LaMelo was a rookie, yeah. and we didn't know if Terry Rozier could consistently produce like he did last year. Um, this year it feels a little different. It's definitely LaMelo's team. Um, the team yeah. will be running through LaMelo and Terry Rozier. And last year Gordon Hayward put up 19-6-4, and four, Colin. Um, Categories-wise, that's an absolute fucking banger of a pick. Points-wise, it's not as yeah. good, but still great. Um, and I think that... I think where Gordon Hayward is going to go in these drafts, Colin, I think you're going to get good value out of him. Yeah. I think so, too. So just to, to go off that, Basketball Reference projects Gordon Hayward's per 36-minute stats, so, so I think it's per 36, at 19.5 points, 6.5 boards, 4.5 assists, 1 steal a game, shooting 47 from the field. I that's like awesome. That. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> that that's Yeah, I mean, uh, that's so solid. That's so solid. And that's, you know, I don't have to harp on it too much, but that's why... I value a guy like Gordon Hayward more than I do Zion Williamson. You yeah. don't win fantasy basketball yeah. on one guy because it's a yes. whole team. It's a yes, whole team. Sir. Everybody plays. 
So you gotta Cyclone through. Alright, no, we're, we're calling this the B tier. Uh, I think that between the top of the B tier and the bottom of the B tier, there is a wide <laughs> variety of fellas. I, I don't know how we got so, so B-like, but talk to me about our number 20 guy on the forwards list, Jaron Jackson Jr., a guy who I will forever hate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jaron Jackson Jr., Colin, a guy who, we, who, who you really felt the effects of him missing the majority of last year due to an injury. Um, he only played 11 games, Colin. He started four. Um, he showed a pretty good promise that he was going to be a good player in the NBA in his second season, Colin, when he averaged mm-hmm. 17-4 in uh, 1.6 blocks per game on two-and-a-half threes made per game. Um, he's coming into the season healthy, Colin, so I don't think there's any, like, um, qualms with, like, oh, is this guy going to do what he did to Colin Grip? Colin last year um, <laughs> I didn't say it don't worry I, 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 so, uh, I don't think that is affecting where he should be drafted this year Colin um, to me I see him averaging somewhere right around the same both on 17, 17 and 6 um, they did lose Jonas Valanciunas Colin who was scoring 17 points for them last year and I think they partially traded Jonas Valanciunas because they want Jaron Jackson Jr. to have a bigger role in this offense and I'm a big fan, Colin. I think if you can get Jaron Jackson Jr. in, like, the seventh round, you're going to get immense value from that. Bit of a chef's kiss, if uh, I do say so myself. But I won't be taking him because I hate him. It's one of those vendettas that I have. I just I'll I take him for you this year. Don't worry. All righty. Uh, Indiana University alum OG Ananobi coming in at 21. This yes, Raptors sir. team, I mean, it is loaded with potential fantasy-wise because, we, you know, it's like the Thunder. We, we truly just don't know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. these guys are much more established. So yeah. we, we do know what's going to happen. They're going to be better. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on most of the Raptors starters, Colin. Um, OG in particular, Colin, I think is one of the guys who will take the biggest step up um, to help replace the void uh, that Kyle Lowry left. Um, I know preseason basketball stats don't really mean that much, Con. But the guy's Except shooting fifty. They mean everything. The guy's shooting fifty-four percent from three pointers in the in the um, preseason right now, Con, on four and a half attempts a game. Um, he's leading the Raptors in usage rate and points per game in the preseason, and more so, it's the type of shots that he's been taking, Con, that really interests me. Um, Ananobi has been creating his own shots with pull-up jumpers, and he's sinking them at an above-average rate. And he attempted less than two pull-up shots per game last season. And in his preseason games, Colin, he's averaging five. Um, well, let's go. I think the fact that his usage rate and his pull-up volume are up is, to me, it's a meaningful shift in his offensive performance this season. I think the points per game are... I think you were a year early, Con, in the OG Ananobi yeah, and the most um, spike. Yes, I think you were a year yeah. early. I think the so points are going up this year, Con. So, there, I mean, there was a legitimate spike last year. I mean, he went from an 11-point-per-game guy mm-hmm. to a 16-point-per-game guy. Uh, the other stats remained roughly the same. You saw a little bit of a tick-up in all of them. 
But he jumped up from 8 shots to 12 shots a game, and I see him jumping from 12 to 14 to 15 shots a game this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he keeps stroking it, I mean, he has shot 39%, 39.5% from 3 over the last two years. He took 6 attempts per game last year. Uh, I, if, if those efficiency numbers hold, dude, that's real nice, especially if you're in a league where you're rewarded for 3-point makes. Oh, my God. That's just huge. Alrighty, we're we're coming up on time here, Noah. Um, I'm not gonna say we did better than we I thought we were gonna do. We did about what I thought we were gonna do. A lot of banter do. at the beginning. Uh, yeah, a lot of banter at the beginning. But oh goddamn, that was so funny. All right, well, well then let's just kind of quick hit the rest of these guys. Give them thirty-ish seconds. I'll start with Draymond. LeBron's a twenty-seven-seven guy. Draymond's a seven-seven-seven guy. It's valuable. It is definitely valuable. He's going to have a game this year, Noah, where he has 14 points, 12 assists, 9 rebounds, 5 steals, and 3 blocks, and it's going to get you, like, 70 fantasy points. And that's just kind of what he does. I think he's going to be more healthy this year. I think that the Warriors team is going to be more equipped to win this year. I think that they figured out some of those kinks. You know, I, I just like Draymond. Maybe it's too high. I don't know, but I, I think there's a lot of value there. Yeah, I I agree. I, I really like Draymond for a categories league, Con. Um, yeah, that's so talking about a points, a one. I don't know if he can get a point per game high enough to some of these other guys to where the other stats can outweigh how many less points per game he's going to have. But either way, Con, I think Draymond's in for a really good season. Yeah. R.J. Barrett, a guy who averaged 18 points, 6 boards, 3 assists. You're looking at a Knicks team again, kind of like the Julius Randle thing. He played all 72 games last year, and he averaged 35 minutes. There is something about that that's incredibly valuable. He clipped 40% from 3 last year. I expect him to continue to grow. I think that if we could look at a most improved player right now, Noah, I might be taking... R.J. Barrett. I mean, coming out of college, this was a guy with a massive, massive ceiling. I think we start to get closer to that. That's R.J. Barrett for you. Yeah, Give and me he's, finally, he's finally playing with a team with talent around him, Colin. Yeah, exactly. Real point guard. Sorry, Emmanuel Moutier. Um, Evan Mobley is a big wild card, Evan. Or, Evan. Why did I yeah. Colin. Um, we haven't ranked at 24 <laughs> right now, but the dude's a freak on the, his skill set for how big he is is straight up freakish. And I can't tell you what he's going to put up con because I really don't know, but I could easily see him smashing this 24th rating. Yeah. There's also the chance that he's, you know, puts up like 10 and five and yeah. And he's on the Cavs and they suck. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Alrighty, uh, Andrew Wiggins got the vaccine. Good for him. Um, he averaged eighteen and a half, five boards, two and a half assists. Clay's out again for at least till Christmas, probably longer. Just given that it's Clay and we haven't seen him in two and a half years, it, that's a nice floor, especially for this value. You're probably looking around the eighth, seventh, eighth round for Andrew Wiggins. Maybe, maybe the late sixth, but. I think that's just pretty fair. Keldon Johnson, Noah, a guy that was on the U.S. Olympics team, 
kind of uh, kind of a weird one. Definitely not a guy you'd expect to be on the Olympics team, but he is a guy with a lot of pop, a lot of potential. Uh, quickly, where where could you see him going this year on a Spurs team that has no one? Yeah, I, I'm high on all of the Spurs starters, really, Colin, just like how I am with the Raptors, because someone has to replace the 21 points that DeMar DeRozan scored last year. Um, and I think Keldon Johnson's a good player. I think the time that he spent this summer with the Olympic team, Colin, is going to help him. And I think he goes... I think he goes anywhere from the 7th to the ninth round. I think anywhere in between yeah, there you're going to get good value, and anything after that you're getting extreme value. Very fair. All right, I know we're coming up on time, so I'm just going to rattle off the list. Hit the buzzer if you want to say quick words about anybody. Uh, at 27, we got DeAndre Hunter. 28, Harrison Barnes. 29, Norman Powell. Then we go P.J. Washington. Bojan Bogdanovic. Marvin Bagley, Sadiq Bay, P.J. Washington, Laurie Markkinen, McCall Bridges, Otto Porter Jr., Cam Reddish, Isaac Okoro. That kind of wraps up what we're calling the B to C tier, and then we move into the C to D tier. You got Bruce Brown, Marcus Morris, Joe Harris, Reggie Bullock, Rui Hachimura, Desmond Bain, Larry Nance, all kind of guys that have the same rebound potential. Some of them can score from different spots, but you're looking around 12 points per game. Uh, not anybody there with terribly high ceilings. And that's our forwards list, Noah. I got to talk about Sadiq Bay, Colin, real quick. Um, not only does all he right, have a fantastic name, Colin, this dude averaged 8.33 attempts a game last year, Colin, hitting him at a 38% clip. Um... Pistons are going to have help this year, Con. If he still averages anywhere near eight attempts a game, I think Sadiq Bey could be very valuable at the end of drafts. But that's all I got to say about the forwards. I think this was a maybe our best list yet, Con. Yeah, I mean, we, we collabed on it, so that definitely doesn't hurt. But, yeah, I, I like what we've done here. Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, we'll hit you with the centers list before the NBA season starts if anybody is drafting later you know drafting before the season starts so yeah we're uh we're pumped we're gonna start promoting so uh if you tell your friends about bench chatter let them know it's uh let them know it's a good one don't don't shit on us please thanks for listening to another episode of the bench chatter the common man's nba podcast and we'll see you boys soon